The following program may contain adult situations and language that may be unsuitable for younger listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Live from the RTDS studios, this is Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo, proudly sponsored by, with your host, Chuck Basti. Chuck's personal mission is to introduce the world to the people that motivate him on his inspirational journey into his world of infinite mojo. Here's your host, Chuck Basti. Hey, that's me. Welcome back to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo. I'm your host, Chuck Basti. That's me and James Dooley. Nice to be here. How are you? How are you? Good, man. Good. You know what? You've got that radio voice. Just, it just, it sounds like I'm envious of your voice, actually. Why, thank you. It's quite natural, really. <laughs> are you excited to be on the first podcast with Chuck's World? I'm really excited. I'm excited to hear about this guest that you have, actually. How did you get in touch with this guy? You know, Mark Manson is a blogger um, that I've been following probably for four or five years now. He's and got a huge footprint online. Massive. I think he's got two million followers on uh, on his monthly blog. Right. So he's got big numbers behind him. But the reason why he's got big numbers is he just makes a whole lot of sense. And he's not your typical guru, mm-hmm. you know, that produces self-help material that is just one size fits all. Right. What's the name of his new book? It's it's uh, something crazy. It's, it's something... I, the Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Yeah. You know, and, <laughs> yeah. His, his website's great. And the, uh, the, the book, I mean, what a title. Yeah. And you it's going to cover all matters of sin as well. When you, we'll list the, the chapters going out. The book comes out September the 13th, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm really looking forward to reading it as well. It's going to do massive numbers on Amazon as well. But I'm really excited about having him on the show today, simply because I've been wanting to talk to him for years now. Uh, it's been six months in the making. We finally got him on Chuck's World. Great. And is it self help? I mean, what is it exactly that he uh, that he's doing? Because you know, I, I I think you could go with self help on this one, but I, I think what distinguishes Mark away from the norm or the industry people of the self-help gurus is that he really just speaks from a narrative of himself, mm-hmm. but he talks about so many things that resonate so deeply with human beings uh, at the core that we all connect with that message mm-hmm. and it makes a whole lot of sense. So that's the best way I can put it. I'd love to hear what he thinks about sort of the, the mentality of, you know, negative versus positive thinking. You know, you get into a rut sometimes, you start thinking about something that's bad in your life and then it sort of perpetuates itself and you get stuck in a sort of a loop. And you know? you, the word stuck comes up every single time that's what happens when you get stuck is you're just not able to be with that emotion you're just resisting it and of course whatever you resist persists right so yeah it'd be nice if you just didn't give a fuck <laughs> yeah well we'll see how that goes with the interview of why uh, why mark says that and how and more importantly how not to give a fuck good stuff well let's get them on the line shall we yeah welcome back to chuck's world of infinite mojo i'm your host chuck basti that's me and you know what's really fun about Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo is the fun guests that we get to align ourselves with. And today, it's my great pleasure to bring on Mark Manson, who is an author, blogger, and super writer, and honestly, an amazing, amazing content dude. And he says the word fuck an awful lot. And it goes without saying that his next book coming out is The Subtle Art of Giving a Fuck. What does it mean to give a fuck? I don't know, James. That's the first time I've used fuck on the air and I don't give a fuck. You know why? Because I don't have a fuck to give. But if I don't have a fuck to give, James, that means I actually I am giving a fuck. You know what? Fuck it. Mark, help me out with this. Mark Manson, what does it mean to give a fuck? <laughs> or not give a fuck. Or not to give a fuck. Even better. To, to give a fuck or not to give a fuck. That is the question. 
Well, what is the answer? Um, so the subtle art of not giving a fuck. It's my new book, and basically, I I wanted to write a book about values, which sounds very boring and is probably putting listeners to sleep already. Uh, and so I, I basically needed to find a really clever, irreverent way to trick people into reading a book about their values. Because really when it comes down to it, what you give a fuck about, it's basically what you find important in your life. And in my opinion, when we're talking about personal development, personal growth, being a better person, the place you need to start is your values. What are you choosing to find important? What, where are you finding meaning in your life? What, what have you decided to find the success or failure? Okay, in self-help, you could actually, I'll play devil's advocate on this one, but you could go the other way and say, it's kind of sociopathic to actually not give a fuck. So in your book, obviously, you, you don't have that intention. You, you have this as a, as a meaningful purpose to give people direction towards happiness, which you bring up a lot in your book. So what could you say to people that, you know, say, hey, listen, you actually should give a fuck? Yeah, well, you should. And one of the first things I explain in the first chapter is that we all have to give a fuck about something. Like, there's no such thing as absolutely zero fucks given. Um, so the most, in, the question then becomes, and, and what I argue is maybe one of the most, most important questions, is what do we decide to give a fuck about? What, what are we choosing to find important? And um, the way, kind of the reason I chose this language and the reason I, I approach this in this way is I wanted to write a self-help book. You know, most self-help is all about getting more, achieving more, more money, more success, more love, more happiness. And I wanted to write a self-help book from the pr perspective of focusing on less, uh, letting go of all but the most important few things. Okay, and the one thing I want to actually get through with that is inside of the world of self-development and all this, and for people who don't know your work, uh, you've got 2 million monthly subscribers to your blog, which has an amazing array of content. And I followed you for the last four years uh, reading your stuff. I mean, you had me at hello with uh, fuck no, fuck yes. That, that was the article that I first read. Uh, and then you really secured it with, you know, the, the 10 things that most Americans don't know about America. Uh, and then I just started following after that. And everything that you actually say makes sense. And yet, to me, you're not a, a self-help guru. You don't have that sort of Tony Robbins, um, you know, facade to you. you have this down-to-earth authentic real approachable you know connectable voice that most people actually need to hear so tell us a little bit about your process of how you got there how you created Mark Manson well I've always uh, I first of all I choke in I, I kind of joke sometimes I say that I when people ask me what I write about or what I do I uh, I'll tell them I, I do I write self-help for people who hate self-help <laughs> Which is like, it's not entirely true, but I feel like that's kind of the best way to describe uh, my brand or, or just who I am or how I go about things. But like you said, I really don't like the, the guru model of life advice. You know, the idea that some quote unquote enlightened or inspired person stands on a stage and says, you know what, everybody, you need to be doing this and this and this, that's your problem. Because the truth is, is I don't know 
like I can barely figure my own life out and so I don't even pretend to know where to start with other people and so instead of me standing up on stage kind of shouting things at people I very much try to position my own work in such a way that I am everything I write about it, these are issues and thoughts and struggles that I'm going through myself and I just I write them in such a way that through kind of my my own exploring of the topic or, or the, the issue, I try to write it in such a way that other people can benefit from it as well. But um, I don't ever, I'm always very careful to, to say like, this is just my experience or my opinion or research suggests this, because it's, it's ultimately, I think people are so different that you can't just construct like a, a three-day program that's gonna quote unquote fix everybody. Yeah, well spotted. And I, I think that you, you, when you write, you connect because your thoughts are, generally speaking, you, you pick topics that most people can relate to and that they all follow the exact same algorithm. For example, you, you, you have a, uh, a blog last week that came out, the, the feedback loop from hell. Uh, and I was reading that about thoughts, about having thoughts. So, um, well, I want to ask you about that in, in your excerpt. You know, what is that and why does it affect us so much, the thoughts about thoughts and the feedback um, loop from hell? So the feedback loop from hell is actually, it's, it's an excerpt from the, the first chapter of the book and it's basically what it is, is it's when, let's say you have a negative emotion, let's say you, you get angry or you feel sad or you feel guilty and that's fine. The, the emotion in and of itself is, it is what it is. But what most people start doing is they start judging that emotion. So they'll, they'll feel sad and then they start thinking, well, this is horrible that I feel sad. Why am I so sad? And then that just makes them feel even more sad. Yeah, and then people people will start getting angry at the fact that they're, they get angry easily or they start feeling guilty because they feel guilty all the time. And it creates this feedback loop that just keeps spiraling, spiraling, spiraling. And the the antidote to that, the only way to kind of break out of that feedback loop is to be okay with negativity. It's to not give a fuck about negativity. It's to say, you know what? I feel bad about this, but that's okay. You know, life consists of feeling bad sometimes. That doesn't, that doesn't say anything about me as a person. It doesn't say anything about my abilities or my values. It's just an emotion, and it, it comes in certain situations, and then it goes away. Okay, so most people, you know, they can hear that, but it's not going to land for most people. So, um, you know, obviously there's the whatever you resist persists uh, theory that goes on as well. So what you're saying is a sit with the emotion, don't give it the meaning attached to that you're shit or you're not worthy or all these you know, ugly places that we go when we hit failure if we don't have a, a really strong relationship with failure. But how do you get that person to really get that it, it's not really the emotion, it's the meaning that they're giving the emotion to not give a fuck? Well, I, it's like anything, it's something you practice. You know, it's not, there's no trick or tool that you can just hand somebody and they, they immediately have a, a good relationship with their own failure and their own and their own struggles. Um, it's something that you have to kind of train your mind to do. It's something that you have to be vigilant about 
um, removing that judgment. And, and there's all sorts of ways to do this. I mean, you can do it through, through like therapy is, is a really common way that a lot of people do this, is having a therapist sit across from you and be like, well, why do you feel that way? Why do you think that? Um, you know, journaling can be another way, but basically what it requires is it, it requires you to, it requires the ability, ability to question your own thoughts and emotions and, and decide, basically decide what they mean for yourself. Um, most people just immediately uh, just believe that a bad emotion or a negative emotion is, is a bad thing. Um, they basically assume that a good emotion means something good. And that's not always the case. Just because something feels bad doesn't mean it is bad. Just because something feels good doesn't mean it is good. And so if people need to first be able to see that and then second practice reminding themselves of that or um, of be learning how to evaluate their emotions without necessarily like inhabiting them all the time. So in other words, first go straight to neutrality and be able to sit with the emotion first and just be with the emotion without resisting it and getting back to zero before you can charge your batteries again. Yeah, basically. Well, you know, you give a lot of insight that's obviously contrary to the typical self-help industry. I mean, like the way you write, uh, your cadence, uh, the words you use, the language, uh, the experiences that you share. So why is it that you kind of are self-help but you're not self-help? Uh, I think there's two reasons. One is personal, and then one is kind of just a result of, of writing for a long time. Uh, so the personal reason is that I myself, when I was in in college, uh, got really into self-help material. I read tons of books, went to some seminars, got really involved in a lot of like different types of practices. And while it helped me a lot, um, I felt like it kind of cause some other problems um, that didn't really pop up until maybe five, six years on. And so I think there's a little bit of like personal bitterness. Um, like basically this book is the book that I wish I had read when I was 21 years old. And, um, and it's all the stuff that I wish I had known before I kind of went down these rabbit holes of these different self-help movements. Um, and then the, the the more like external or I guess business related reason is that I think a lot of people, even if they don't say it outright, I, I think a lot of people have this, this sense that they're just, they're sick of all the positivity all the time. Like they're sick of being told that they can be happy and successful and optimize their life 24 seven. And like there's, there's something in the back of their head is telling them that that is there's something unrealistic or, or maybe unhealthy about that mentality and uh, and so I feel like when I started coming out and saying this stuff, saying things like you know if you're trying to be happy all the time, that's probably a bigger problem than you know anything else that's going wrong in your life or that maybe this constant need for self improvement or validation is it comes from a really unhealthy place. Like when I started saying these things, I think it was just a relief for a lot of people. It was it, it was something that they had always felt, but they had never put words around. And, uh, and so it kind of spread like wildfire. 
Well, I think it's just unhealthy and it's just exhausting. I mean, you you have to be in the moment authentically, and if you're actually faking something, uh, an emotion or otherwise, you're, you're you're probably bang on with you know you need to look somewhere of what you haven't done to look inside to figure out what's there for you right now and just get clear with that right away as opposed to faking it so that way you can look good because that sucks yeah 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 and it is exhausting it is like it's incredibly tiring and it doesn't even if you do start achieving these things you know even if you do manage to get up at four in the morning and meditate for an hour and go run six miles and you know kiss your dog in the morning like it's it never feels like enough there's always some more optimal way to be doing things. There's always some more, you know, authentic or compassionate or evolved way to, to do things. And it's, it's just another, it's another rat race in disguise. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head earlier on saying that we're all different people, we all have different journeys, we all have different experiences, and, and there's not going to be one size fits all glove that's going to cover all of us equally. So it's like, take what you need to take from this, take what you need to take from that, go out there, live life a little bit, work on it, like you said, do the work, figure out why you're feeling these things, and then from that point there, you come back and you keep practicing, and it's a process. You know, and the, uh, writing books, that's a process. You have to go through that, you know, grind every single day it's like getting yourself unblocked showing up you know i've written in my books you know people give me the 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 text back and said you know what you didn't want to write that day and you can tell you know so figure out what that is so i think the best part about the journey for me in writing those books was was actually working on and processing my feelings and figuring out why i felt these things and it's helped me out tremendously in my life so you know the one thing i also said from from writing books is people actually read the exact same text of what I've written as an author or what you will write as an author and have written, and they'll put their own spin on it. So when this book comes out the 13th of September, people are gonna actually read your book, the same text, and they're gonna come back with different interpretations of it. So what is it that you want to be clear about that you want every single person who ever reads this book to really get? I just want people to feel like it's okay to feel pain <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> I, I want I want I want it to be okay for life to suck sometimes because I it is. What no matter what you do, your life's gonna suck sometimes. And I think the sooner we accept that, um, the, it becomes exponentially easier to deal with it when it happens. Or just expect that, that life is broken and just expect that life is going to be broken and just count on it. Yeah. It's a certainty. Yeah. So, Absolutely. what's next for you? Your, the book comes out September thirteenth. Um, it's 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 already done famously well in the pre-sales on Amazon. I think you're in the top fifty, which is ridiculous when you think of all the books that are on there, like millions of books on Amazon, and you're in the top fifty. Um, it's been such a push of interview after interview for you to go through this and and to promote the book. You know, when the book comes out, what's next for Mark Manson? <laughs> Well, I've got probably another month of insane promotion in front of me. And then I actually, I get married in November and I think I'm just gonna take all of December off <laughs> and sleep somewhere. <laughs> and, um, and then we'll see what's next in 2017. I, I'm looking forward to just getting back to, to my website and writing articles and um, and just kind of like a very leisurely way. 
you know, like without all this pressure to promote something or prepare for something. So that's what I've got on my my near horizon. But uh, I already do. I have some ideas for the next book already. But I want to I want to give myself at least like a year to kind of relax before I start getting serious about that. What do you think this book has done for Mark Manson as far as moving you on to the next layer of removing the onion for who you want to be? Um, obviously, your message in this book is going to land on people. It's going to like shift paradigms, change people's lives. But, you know, what's the book done for you? Honestly, I, I actually say this in the acknowledgments at the end. I mentioned my parents and I... I say that um, many, I feel as though many of the concepts in this book, I wasn't truly an adult until I understood a lot of the concepts in this book myself. Like I, I lived through it and experienced it. Um, and I definitely feel that way. I, I was always, I looked back at myself like five, six years ago, I was, I was very smart, I was very precocious, very ambitious. Um, doing lots of cool things, but there was a certain psychological or emotional maturity that I still didn't totally have with the relationship with myself and, and understanding my own values and needs very well. And I feel like the concepts of this book are what got me there. And so that was that was a big motivator for me uh, when sitting down to writing it, is to share that with the world. Well, I think if you just got that alone, that would be worth the, the entire, everything that you probably sacrificed to write this book, whether it be time, whether it be effort, obviously the disappointments that you had to go through in order to experience the emotions that you're writing about, that it gives that insight to people. I mean, so I, I think it's an amazing journey that you're there right now. So uh, before I go, I just want to ask you if there's anybody else, you mentioned your parents, uh, if there's anybody else that you want to acknowledge for the book, for what it's done, uh, for where you're at in your life right now, that you wouldn't have got to that point with without those people kind of guiding, believing in you before you believe in yourself? Oh man, uh, my fiance has been amazing. She's been, she was a catalyst for a lot of growing up for me <laughs> as a man. Uh, so incredibly grateful for, for her. She's like so smart and so supportive. Um, yeah, my editor and my agent were great. I've got a couple guys who work with me on the site who have been amazing. They're brilliant guys, and they make me look even smarter. So, um, so yeah, it's it's been a, an incredible journey, and it's it's been wonderful. I've been fortunate to have so many great people around me to help. Hmm. Lastly, before we go, we just want to give you the plug of where people can find you, where you're going to be social media-wise. So website, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. So the website is markmanson.net, and I'm on Facebook, facebook.com slash markmansonnet, it's all one word, and then uh, I'm on Twitter as well, and then the book is Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, a counterintuitive approach to living a good life, and it will be out September 13th. Everywhere. So look for that book. Everywhere. Pick that up. Is there a place where they can leave you some feedback? Yeah, email me. Uh, go to my website, and there's a contact form. Please email me or uh, shoot me a message on Facebook. Awesome. Well, Mark, hey, listen, I've been following you for years. It's a big thrill for me to actually talk to you today. Thanks for sharing with my audience on Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo all the nuances of why not to give a subtle art of giving a fuck. <laughs> Amazing to have you on the show today. Thanks a lot for coming in. You know what, James? I'm so... Um, 
I don't even have to say, I'm so excited that Mark Manson's been on my show. I mean, I've had some pretty big guests on my show, but that's one of the ones that I've had him on my bucket list for years. He's great. It was really nice to listen to that uh, that perspective he's got. I'm looking forward to reading the book. Yeah, and you know, I just think that, you know, what Mark says just makes so much sense to me, and I hope that the people who are listening right now, they got some value out of that as well, and that they go pick up the book, The Settler Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson, markmanson.net, and you can find him on Facebook and Twitter as well, at I am Mark Manson on Twitter. Um, and what, what were your thoughts? What did you think about it? Well, he touched on exactly what I hoped you were going to ask him about, the, the loop of that negative thinking. And that sounds like the key to his philosophy. It's just when you get to that point, don't give a fuck. Don't own that negativity. Just move on from it. You know, it's so funny that you bring that up because uh, years ago, I remember uh, reading this book called The Four Agreements by Don um, Miguel Ruiz. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had this Toltec teaching of The Four Agreements. And uh, The Four Agreements, like, yeah, I was driving down down to California while I was listening to this. So it took me two days. So nice. I, I listened to it nonstop. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, you know, it's great to say these things, mm-hmm. but like, how do you not take something personally? Because right. one of the agreements was like to not take it personally. Yeah. And I'm like, teach me how to not take it personally, mm-hmm. because that's the real art. I know I shouldn't take it personally, but I do. I'm human. Yeah. So how do I do that? And it took me years to figure that out. But mm-hmm. it would have been nice if someone like Mark Manson would have come along and just said, hey, listen, just be with it. Yeah. Sit in it. Sit in the emotion. You know, understand it's going to be ups and downs and mm-hmm. don't resist it because whatever you resist persists. So, mm-hmm. you know, when I was actually reading Mark's stuff, I was just like, you know what? This stuff makes sense. Yeah. He's uh, he's got it. I love the uh, his attitude is spot on. Absolutely. Yeah. The book comes out September the 13th. It's on Amazon and all your bookstores. Again, it's the subtle art of not giving a fuck by Mark Manson. And uh, James, thanks a lot for doing the show with me. Thanks for having me. A lot of fun.